0: The voice of the Blue Bombers one-on-one with Mike O'Shea. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. The Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. They are ready to be your number one canola seed. 204-780-6868 for your calls and your texts for the head coach, Mike O'Shea, who joins us on the heels of not, not the way I expected the Edmonton game to go. Uh, down twenty-two, nothing at one point on the play in which Zach Caleros got knocked from the game, and then all of a sudden everything was right, and there was, I don't know, zero panic. Joy in Mudville. <laughs> there was joy in Mudville. What a weird football! Third time I've said it in the, this season. Football is a weird game. Football is a strange, strange game.
1: It, it is once again they. At any given moment, when you're requiring 12 guys on the field to do everything in sync and correct, I
0: mean, it's – things happen. Ball's not round. (laughs) Kevin Brown takes off for 65 yards. Big plays happen here. Jeff Coat forces turnovers. Evan Holm takes one away. Drew Brown throws a – Beautiful pass to Kenny Lawler for one of the plays of the year. Uh, a, a, an incredible, incredible game. Uh, the first question I, I have for you before we start taking some calls. How is quarterback Zach Kalaris? On the injury report today as neck injury, did not participate. He looked good in tights. Uh, standing on the field today, he was he was not immobilized in any fashion. How is Zach Kalaris? I'll ask you and uh, yeah. then we'll go on. Coming along. I mean, he's... These things just take time. Um, we'll
1: see how he is tomorrow. We always, you know, they always get assessed, you know, first thing in the morning and usually again after practice. But he didn't participate in practice today. That doesn't mean he, he can't or won't play. Um, but we certainly, it's a long season. We know how these um, things go in terms of, you know, you always want to err on the side of caution uh, with your with your players, right? They uh, they know it's a long season, and they all want to play. <laughs> yeah, But sometimes it's not the best thing for them. But um, tomorrow's another day. We'll see how he shows up uh, uh, to work, and and we'll evaluate from there.
0: Just so I can get the question out of the way, if he doesn't participate in practice on Tuesday, Wednesday is a closed practice. If he doesn't practice Tuesday, Wednesday, would you feel comfortable playing him on Friday? If he's, cleared, you, if, if if he's, he's cleared. If he's cleared. He doesn't need he's practice fit. reps is what no, I'm going for. He,
1: no, that's that's the question you're asking. No, he does not need practice reps.
0: Okay, as long, as long as the neck is fine, and you feel it's, and everybody feels it's the best he could be in the game. Yeah,
1: it's it's one of those decisions that uh, Al and and Zach and the team doctor sort of will converse on, but it's
0: a little premature right now. 204-780-6868. Gail is with us. Gail, thank you for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea.
2: Yeah. Good evening, gentlemen. Um. Okay. Question. I know you challenged uh, Zach getting hit, but do you feel that that was the wrong call? Because the way I looked at it, I went, ooh, that, I don't know, that looked pretty bad. Um, the other thing is, comment, uh, we've heard about Claris. Uh, but nothing about Wollatarski. That's just a comment. And my wish is that you just annihilate Calgary, and I'll take everything off the air. Have a good <laughs> evening. Folks.
0: Thank you so much, Gail. Drew Wollatarski, a full participant in practice today. Uh, you can get all of my, if you're on Twitter, at DTNLB for all your practice updates.
1: Yep. Wally practiced. Was good. Caught a nice ball. I think he scored with it. So.
0: He did. He took a he took a deep shot for a touchdown, and he was celebrating yeah. about the thirty yard line. He looked real yeah. good.
1: Yeah. Um, do I think it was a penalty that Gail? That is why I challenged it. I
0: I thought it was. What did you think was the penalty part in the post game? You said, "Well, the official told me uh, he didn't drive him into the ground," and I thought, "Well, I, I believe." Yeah, that, I I just, would-
1: I just feel that if. Let's just change the situation. If you're a ball carrier, if you're a receiver or a, say you're a receiver and you catch a football and you're on the ground and you're not trying to advance the football, you simply only have to be touched down. In fact, you're not supposed to be jumped on. So take another player who's on the ground without the ball and you're probably not supposed to be jumped on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think it was that to me, it was as simple as that. It just seemed unnecessary, you know, um, based on other standards. It just seemed unnecessary, but they didn't see it that way. Timing-wise, whatever, where the contact point was, those type of things,
0: they evaluated it
1: and said that it was not a penalty.
0: Coney Ealy is the is the defensive tackle in Chase. As he goes to ground to hit, it feels like I what I saw was his first point of contact was Zach's head is that what you saw as well that's what i saw yeah and i ed tate and i were in the booth wondering okay um it's not all these other things that are unnecessary it's not grabbing the quarterback and driving him in the ground and landing with your full body weight on him. sure but it's a hit to the head of the quarterback who's diving forward and incredibly vulnerable and in my mind i go i thought we were protecting quarterbacks in the yeah. football in general and this was a an example of I, I I did not get it. I still kind of don't get it.
1: I don't know what else to say. I, I didn't I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. Whatever. I challenged it. I didn't win the
0: challenge. Um and we move forward. And you did, uh down twenty two nothing at that point, rallying for the glorious victory, and Edmonton has now lost twenty two straight at home. Kate is with us on the line. Kate, thank you for your call. You're on with the head hey. coach, Mike O'Shea.
2: Good evening, gentlemen. Um, Might as well stay in the same vein. First of all, congratulations to you and the coaches for having the team as prepared as you did to, it was a grim situation there for a while, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I was (laughs) all that uh... Kate, you
1: shouldn't worry so much.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's my nature. Anyway, so in in the vein of these uh, uh, non-penalty calls, I'm curious, is there, like, Number one, halfway through the first quarter, Kenny Lawler caught a pass and he was inbounds. That was clear. You didn't challenge that, but whatever, it was early in the game. And then what we all think should have been a call on Zach. Is there any review done after a game is said and done for the refs? Like, do they get any kind of... Is there any sort of discipline, any sort of action taken for all these non-calls? It's been a pretty bad season for that. That's question one, and I'll hang up after the second one. I've always been curious, what are you writing on that piece of paper you walk around the sidelines with? What sort of notes are you making?
0: Oh, interesting.
2: I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll hang up, and uh, looking forward to your answers. Good luck in Calgary. Bye-bye. Mm,
1: t- top secret. Top secret stuff. No, I've just got a, um, a sheet with... Various items on it, and then on the the side, I've just got a blank column where I go um, quarter by quarter as the game goes on, and I keep track of situations that have happened and the score, and I don't write the score down 22 nothing. I write minus 22, and I just keep a ledger of the score so I know what we're up or what we're down. I don't really – the differential, I don't really – Worry about what the score is, just the differential for decision making, and you know. Once again, I sort of keep track of important plays or drives, what happened, um, just in my own little shorthand, just to keep a f- track of the flow of the game. Besides just my what my gut might be telling me, I write down the wind, uh, at kickoff, the wind at halftime, just notes um, that would help me possibly make decisions or things that I've come across throughout the course of coaching where I, that I believe will help me with regards to the officiating. Uh, they're extensively, uh, scrutinized, um, and more, more so for the coaching aspect, right? So the CFL would, would rewatch every game and look at every play and then go through a grading system with the officials um, but also go through sort of a point by point, uh, official by official sort of um, analysis and and give them coaching, which is I think far more important than um, just finding fault. You know, I, they they Paddle, need paddling, yeah. they need to paddling gr- them is not really they need to grow much. right. And so we we are at a place um, with our officials where some some of the uh, more experienced officials are moving on, and we're bringing up some younger officials that have been. Working towards these moments, and they they need to you know get up to speed with our game and the actual speed of the game, and continue growing and being coached, just like the coaching staff. Just like I need to learn on a regular basis, learn a daily basis. The players need to learn. The coaching staff needs to learn. The officials need to learn. That's all. It's all part of it. So, um, yes, and then every week, or I guess every three weeks, you get a command center report with all the the things that the command center would be looking at. Um, you know, I'm in weekly conversation with the head of officiating, as are most other head coaches, I'm sure. Um, so it is extensive. It is, a, it is a a lot of work, and they um, put a lot of time and effort into it, and the officials do too. They, they, they want to be better too. They want to give um, the players and the league and the fans the best experience they can too. No one wants to... No player wants to step out in the field and be wrong and make a mistake and no officials do either.
0: Yeah, they would ideally let the players decide. Oh, they What they, happens they, and just yeah, keep they, people from cheating.
1: They absolutely do not want to make a mistake that has an outcome, you know, has a bearing on the outcome of the game.
0: None of them do. 204-780-6868 Andy will jump to you on the other side of the break. The coach is showing 680 CJOB The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680-CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed. Terms and conditions apply. 204-780-6868 for your texts and calls for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Uh, Gord is on the text line. He says, Coach, you don't go for two points that often. Are there many scenarios that you would go for two
1: yeah, I don't know. many is a uh, is interesting. I don't think there's many. There's it's just a, a score parameter and a time parameter tied in with the flow of the game. Um, we did not go for two. Uh, I don't know about last game. Whether
0: it was two games ago, it was last game last with thirteen twenty nine left. Yeah, yeah, we did not go for two.
1: There was just we had the wind, and there was just so much time left, you could make up that point, um, you know, fairly easily, uh, in, in our mind. Um, so I didn't even, didn't even consider it. Buck and I didn't even talk about it. We've been together long enough that we, you know, have that stuff sort of sorted out already. And, um, if he had a question about it, he would ask, if I thought we should, I would ask, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, we've got a, a, a very good kicker who has missed a convert or two, but, uh, so be it. Wasn't, wasn't the timing wasn't right for it. Uh,
0: with, so with thirteen and a half to go being down two and three, the, the score relative didn't matter much to you at that point. No. Okay. No. Yeah. It was, uh, not yeah. with the wind like that. It's,
1: you know, I know it died a little bit, but it was a significant enough wind to, Want it in the fourth quarter for that reason. Could have come down to, you know, when you're down 22, you're trailing 12 at the half, you know, and the way the game's going, you think the defense is going to hold. You know, you can pin them a little bit possibly and get some good field position and then kick a long field goal or,
0: you know, so. That's good stuff. Let's welcome in Andy on the phone line. Andy, thank you so much for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Yes, uh, Coach.
3: Congrats on the win in Edmonton. Uh, just a quick, a few, a few quick questions, and I'll hang up to, to hear your answer. Uh, just wondering on the hit on Willitarski that uh, got him out of the game. Did you feel that was a, a helmet-to-helmet hit, and uh, do you think it deserved a penalty? And also, um, on Kyron Moore's touchdown, it seemed it was unusual. It looked like a. A bunch played by Edmonton, and there's about a ten-player blitz going on from the Bombers, with only that one uh, one corner there when he missed the tackle and the player was gone. Was that more of a, just a just a missed tackle, or or should have or should the safety have been further back? And uh, and uh, what's the status of Janarian Grant? That's my last question. Like, when do you expect them back? And uh, wish you luck in uh,
0: Calgary. Thanks. Thanks, Andy.
1: Yeah, Janarian is coming along he's in good spirits um and working hard to get back uh timeline yet to be determined still a number of weeks i'm sure um yes we were in a a, a zero blitz or a one plus blitz and it just you know their athlete made our tackler miss <laughs> you know it was really as simple as that there was should it, there would be no safety help on that um and the first part was oh the they helmet on the yeah is it are is there helmet contact the two players absolutely do I think it's a penalty absolutely not I think it's football right I think there's anytime the ball carrier changes the angle and the tackler's coming from the side you know it's just these things happen all the time right there's um, you look at the way Brady runs there's a lot of helmet contact with tacklers and Brady. Who initiates initiates it? How's it happen? What's the outcomes? I mean, it's football. At some point, there's just it's just football, right? It's unfortunate that that you know Wally had to leave the contest, but he's fine. He's practicing today. Um, but I do think that they wear that protective headgear for a reason. If you want to eliminate all head contact, you would play the game without helmets, and then there would mm. still be some, but. People wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be so courageous in your play. But receivers are courageous too. Ball carriers are courageous. They they carry the ball. They they run behind their pads. They run hard. And tacklers come up to tackle. And sometimes, you know, the helmets do clack. But Mm. (laughs) you know, I think it's part of football. I don't think it. I don't think it warranted a penalty.
0: All right. Let's uh, welcome in Alan. Alan, we got a couple minutes before the break. Uh, You're on with the head coach Mike O'Shea.
3: Yes. Good evening, gentlemen. There was a 15-yard misconduct penalty issued towards number 41, Cole, and the announcers on the, on TV just kind of brushed over it. I wondered what that was all about. Yeah,
1: it was a it was a post play block. So they were on a punt return, and Brian Cole uh, blocked his guy. Play was over. The ball had already gone out of bounds. The ref was sort of blowing the whistle. I I can't really. I don't have a great reference as to when the whistle actually went. Um, but he knocked his guy down. They determined it to be late and unnecessary. So as soon as it's deemed unnecessary, it's unnecessary roughness because it happened after a play. They deem it a misconduct foul. They brought in these misconducts last year, I believe, or this year. Uh, last year, I think. So if a player gets uh, flagged for two misconducts, misconduct-type fouls uh, in a game, they get, they're ejected. So now they wow. announce them as unnecessary roughness or a misconduct foul, and it's just to let everybody, let the player let us know. The refs come over and tell us too that, hey, he's got one misconduct. He gets another, he's gone, right? So you let the player know, and they have to play uh, make better decisions as they go along i mean that's not a it's not a penalty we certainly want to take i'm sure it was just you know he was playing through the through the whistle and it didn't work out but he certainly doesn't want to take that one especially when we're behind and we're trying to claw back
0: yeah alan thank you so much for your call i got to hit the commercial break appreciate you being with us uh to talk to the head coach mike o'shea we'll continue on the other side of the news and the coaches show at 680 cjob the Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680-CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seed. 204-780-6868 for your texts and calls. You can also get me at DT on OB on Twitter as Winnipeg Chris did, or Chris H, whichever that might be. Uh, Chris uh, Coach, if you were playing middle linebacker, which current quarterback would you find most challenging?
1: It, well. Please don't say Zach Kalaris, but... All of (laughs) them. If I was playing middle linebacker right now, they would all make me look silly, so... Yeah. In in your prime? All of them. All of them. Yeah. You know, I I don't... It's hard to... Hard to answer that. I mean... I I was more of an in-the-box linebacker, right? So I had my little area that I sort of patrolled. (laughs) But... Once I ventured outside of that, uh, I didn't fare too well. I remember Anthony Calvillo juked me
0: once. <laughs> oh, please was, tell us this story. Was okay. so bad.
1: He put his foot in the ground, and I overran him, and <laughs> he went by me. Boy, did I hear about that one. <laughs> That's okay. It happens. Football.
0: Football is a funny, uh, can be a yep. funny, funny game sometimes. <laughs> Juked by... Guys were guys were savage, I suspect. Your fellow defenders were savage on that film review. No doubt. <laughs> as they should have been. <laughs> Incredible. All right, let's go back to the phone lines and welcome in. Steve is with us. Steve, thank you for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea.
3: Hello there, uh- Gentlemen, uh, Mike, I don't have a question for uh, for you, so you're off the hook with me. I just want to direct a question to Derek, and that's it.
0: Always go for two. I think you should always go for two, always, always. Was that? I'm, I'm hoping that was the question, no?
3: Well, uh, I've just got a question for Derek, and uh, I want to remind Derek that when Bob Irving was broadcasting the games, he did his due diligence to inform the public who were the uh, who were the men wearing the zebra uniforms. Uh, who was the head referee? Who was the uh, referee on the on the line? Who was the referee in the backfield? Who was the referee in the end zone? Right. And and I'd like to bring this up with Derek. Can you please before the coin toss tell us, inform the public who are the officials? Who are the men in in the zebra uniforms? That's it. I I don't want the uh, names of the individuals at CFL Control. I just want to know who are the officials. What are their names? That's it.
0: Uh, Sure. Yeah, Steve, that's something that can be done. What happens is, uh, let's go inside the booth for a second. When we get to the booth, this case, it was in Edmonton, we're provided with certain Information and documents. One of them is is a depth chart Edmonton against Winnipeg, and then the reverse defense and offense on the other side. Sometimes, and I hit sometimes, I'll get a list of officials like twice out of twenty one games that I'll call this year. Uh, we didn't have that in Edmonton, so it's up to me to go. Okay, well, it's referee when he makes his first call. It's Andre Prue or it's Ben Major. Or I have to know who the official is. But if I if I don't know who I ran into Mike Siona at Subway. Shout out Mike Siona, who my wife used to work with. He was doing the game as well. If 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 I don't have the list of eleven officials, it's I can't really tell you who it is. But uh, what? I, question: Curious question for you. See, why does it matter who the officials are to you? Uh,
3: because when I see a, a, a grave injustice of a call made or not made. And I'm going to fire off a letter to the CFL commissioner to make a complaint about the grave injustice that I witnessed as a fan. And and I would like the CFL to do a little bit of investigating uh, who, who was that individual that uh, screwed up or made a, a grave injustice of a call. For instance, that's it. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying crucify the person. I'm just saying, hey, th- there has to be someone to question that individual, and that's it.
0: Steve, I'm hoping that, uh, as you know, there's been some problems with the league stats this season. They used to on the play-by-play reports that that the public can access name who the officials were and I'm scrolling through this one and I don't see it but I I'm sure from past seasons there have been places where they were upon review hey here are the officials for the game so that's something that you can absolutely uh look at but do you I mean Steve I I'm am a fan too so I get uh, I get troubled by officials as well I'll do my best to let you know who they are Steve because I know it's important uh but it, unfortunately if I don't have that info from the uh, from the folks Uh, in advance of the game. There's not a ton I can do about, oh, that was an awful call by side judge blank. It's, it's, and and there's, we can do about 10 minutes on this and we're, we won't, but I appreciate you giving us a call, Steve. Uh, I will effort to do better in the future. Let's welcome in Drew on line number one. Drew, thank you for your call. You're on with the head coach, Mike O'Shea.
3: Yeah, just a couple uh, things for the coach. Uh, First thing, coach, a comment, um, I think this year the team has taken a couple of years off of my life with some of the the crazy games that we've, we've seen so far this season. Uh, this one against Edmonton was no doubt one of them.
1: Uh, well, I, it's interesting. If you were on our sidelines, you wouldn't have felt that way. If you were in our locker room or on our sidelines, you would not have felt that way. It's got to feel different sitting on – you know, watching it on TV. I presume you weren't in the stadium. But it's got to feel different watching it on TV. But – you know, with the with the team, with the group of guys, it doesn't didn't feel like that at all. Which is, I
0: think that's pretty cool. No roller coaster, because in, no. in uh, as fans, roller coaster of emotions we go through. No, no, not like that.
3: Right. That leads me nicely, actually, into the question I was going to ask. Is I was wondering what the the chatter was like on the sidelines when you guys are down twenty two nothing. Maybe even the halftime. If you could speak a little bit to that, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, um, workman like constructive matter of fact, um, solution based, <laughs> you know, just all the stuff you need to hear from a very, very good football team, a veteran football team that's been behind before, you know, I, I guess we haven't been behind 22 before, but we've been behind two scores for sure and come back in one. So, uh, and we've been on the other end of it. We've been up two scores and lost. So this year, so, um, you know, it's just real pleasing. It's, it's all fact-based. It's all, you know, positive. And once again, solution-oriented. They're just... Um, the other thing that I mentioned uh, in another uh, chat was um, they're not searching for anything. They have the answers already right they they already have the answers they come off from a series and they they already have the answers they go back and verify stuff on an ipad talk to the coaches whatever they need to do but they very quickly have the feedback they know what they did wrong they know the solution um, you know a couple of times you got to dig a little bit deeper but at halftime they're we're, we're down 12 and they're not searching for answers they know what it is play a more physical brand of football game don't allow any you know, more explosives if you can. Right. And, and we did, we still had a, had a bit of back and forth there in the third quarter Um, and play a clean half, you know, don't, don't turn the ball over, take it away if you can Uh, try not to commit any penalties, right. Don't, don't put us behind the sticks again. Um, And we did that a little bit too, right. We were first and 30. (laughs) So, um, but we, we took the ball away twice in the second Second half, we did give up a couple of explosives. One of them, we took the ball away. But I, I just describe it once again as workmanlike, constructive, very positive. I I said to the guys, it was it's really cool to be a coach when you're witnessing that go on. You're listening in the locker room, and you don't hear a lot of idle chatter. There's not a lot of just guys yelling to yell, and you know it's just pleasing. The score wasn't,
0: but. <laughs> but they but, but their, their response to their it their response
1: was. yeah like how they're going to handle it how they're
0: going to move okay. forward is pleasing. Drew, thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate you listening and appreciate your call. Thank you. Is Drew with us on the phone line at 204-780-6868 just before we hit the break. Bob is on the text line. Uh it says just to offer wants to offer kudos to Bomber management for finding a great quarterback in Drew Brown. Hope we can find a way to keep him going forward. Uh yeah. Did you did you get, did you hug Drew a little tighter after that game because he was four touchdowns and three hundred yeah. yards in a game he did not start? is
1: yeah. very impressive, very impressive. Yeah, just terrific for for him and the team. You know, the guys loved it for him, and I'm sure he enjoyed the moment. And I'm sure he's moved on now. You know, getting ready for what his next opportunity will be, whatever that is.
0: Do you? Does the organization intentionally seek out very level-headed, even-keeled football players? Because Drew post-game was just very reflective and like Drew. This is the great. This is one of the great games in the CFL. A quarterback will have this season. Like, yeah, you know, could have been better. dude Like, dang, everybody's everybody seems to have this even-keeled thing when when we as fans are losing it for how great they are.
1: Well, I think that's one of the attributes that quarterbacks can have that can make them successful. Not all every quarterback's wired that way. You know, some are certainly way more fiery, but you know, each guy's got to figure out where his balance is too. You know, we, we've all, I imagine if you've, the guys that have played understand that they've, they've probably been in different emotional states in games or in parts of games or to start games or to finish games and they know what serves them best. And if being even-keeled serves you the best, then that's what you need to be. Do we actively search that out? Well, I think our everybody that brings in players understands that we are looking for certain types of individuals. And at that position, you need to be able to keep your emotions in check. You don't have to have them in check all the time, but you need to be able to get them back in check. And you need to be intelligent, emotionally intelligent. All those things serve a quarterback well, for sure.
0: Yeah, even even today, and in the postgame, Kenny was Kenny Lawler makes the one-handed touchdown catch to give you guys a lead. Routine. He loves <laughs> saying just routine. Mm. Mm. Did the catch you made in practice today. I, I absolutely i I tweeted it out because I literally was watching him run the route, and I just I yelled out the phrase "Holy crap balls!" And I <laughs> because I don't like to swear when I'm in public. I'm like I can't believe Kenny, and yet I can totally believe. One on one, running a post route and just a one handed inside head stab and took the ball in stride. Down. In, in stride. stride, it was. It's like just
1: like it's like he reached his hand up to ask the teacher, yeah, if he could answer the question and just grab, plucked the ball out of the air in stride. It was it was incredible. Everybody, everybody, you see the reaction at practice. Yeah, it's it's not disbelief anymore. It's just like here we go again. It's Look at
0: that well, just there's at every practice that some guy and it could be. It's any one of the guys on the field just does something that ma- that makes me as a regular human go, oh my gosh, that is that is unbelievable how well they are trained at, at, at what they do. It's, uh, it is fun to watch. Practice tomorrow again, uh, so feel free to come on down and watch, and maybe I yell holy crap balls once again. I'll be the guy in the loge uh, just marveling at what these guys can do. 204 780 We will continue on the other side with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. It's the Coach's Show in 680, CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Blinding sun in the studio here at 201 Portage Avenue. Low of 17 tonight in the city of Winnipeg. Mix of sun and cloud tomorrow. Hazy in the afternoon with a high of 27. Clearing and some wind on Wednesday for a high of 23. Right now, 26 at 680 CJOB. Coach's show brought to you by DeKalb. Right now, save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed. Terms and conditions apply. 204-780-6868. Your line to the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Doug Brown made the made the joke on the broadcast last week uh, that when Nick Dembski eventually has a statue at IG Field, it'll be him making the catch over the top, running some corner route and making the catch over the top because there was... I've said before, Nick Dembski on the corner route are the words I've said the most in my, my time doing bomber games. He just continues to be unbelievable. Yeah, he's terrific. We,
1: we, we have a lot of very talented receivers. Um, just a great offense altogether. Like the team is... There's guys <laughs> in every, every spot that can make plays, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. At the halfway mark of the season, nine games down, how do you feel about where you are as a team?
1: Yeah, we are where we are. I mean, there's no changing it now. So I don't know that we're I, – I guess – Do you
0: need a dramatic overhaul in the oh. final nine games is kind of
1: <laughs> how it – You don't like the fact that I was dancing around the question, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Um the record is, up. I mean, the record is fantastic, 7-2, sure. and two, and in first place for yeah. future, the, the dividends it can pay in the future. But yeah. on the field, everything you see, are you comfortable with where you are? Are you uncomfortable with where you are? Uh, We've got a very good football team. You know,
1: what does that equate to in terms of your record going forward? I don't, nobody cares about that, right? We just, we're as cliche as you want it. We are focused on Calgary and prepping this week to go in and face a team that is they're they're a very well coached team. They can, you know, they one week, you know, they beat Toronto with a great game plan, great execution, very good quarterback play, very efficient game. You know, so they're, they're a dangerous football team.
0: I want to ask you about Anthony Bennett because during the game he made what I felt in the moment was kind of a lower-tier yet important play of you guys had just taken a two-point lead late in the game. Edmonton, first and 10, trying to respond. Here comes Kevin Brown, and Anthony Bennett drills him in the backfield for a four-yard loss, and I thought, oh, that feels like a... I don't necessarily believe in momentum, but I'm that feels like a big momentum play because Bennett gets the tackle for a loss, puts them in second and 14, and now this drive is going nowhere. I thought, oh, good, good on you, Anthony Bennett. What's yeah he's really coming into his own you know
1: i think it it for young guys that are thrust into this position right he, you know he's being asked to play right away as a as a young guy and it just takes a little bit of time for them to get all the nuances down let alone the playbook let alone playing beside different guys and playing at a different speed and playing bigger stronger more athletic tackles you know it just going to take time and I thought this last game he he really did well and he's he's steadily improving and that's what we really like to see is just a guy who's going to grow on a weekly basis and he has and I'm sure he was frustrated at the start uh, but he's he's done okay taking coaching and he's tried to apply it all and it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot but I thought I was very pleased for for, for AB this last game, because I know he wants to do the best, you know, like he's such a good kid. He wants to do it all and do it all right, right now. And that's just not the way it's going to happen for a, a, a rookie. It really isn't. But this last game, he, he, he certainly, I thought he he played very well.
0: Bill in St. James is on the text line and says, coach, how do you keep a second string quarterback sharp? Well,
1: they're not second string. They, they,
0: they're, How do you keep a non-Zach Kolaris quarterback sharp? Let's say – let's try it that way. Well,
1: just their, the process they follow on a weekly basis has them prepared, right? Buck does a great job with the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks do a great job in their room making sure they're prepared. They spend a lot of time outside of the period of, periods of time of practice and meetings when the coaches have access to them. They spend a lot of time on their own perfecting their craft and studying and making sure they're prepared. That's why they're quarterbacks. You know, they are
0: really wired to put in work. Guys will say, I, I try to prepare like I'm the starter, which I, I get what they're saying, but they don't have as much access to reps in practice as uh, Zach would take more reps in practice than would Drew, than would uh, Dakota Prukop. So I'm always, I'm always curious about what they're, what they're doing when they don't get the, the reps with, you know, the Kenny Lawler, Dalton Jones, you see
1: them, you see them at practice standing behind the the quarterback stand behind the other quarterback who happens to be in on that play. And they go, they know the play call. They go through the exact same footwork, exact same read and without a ball in their hand, they make the exact same throw or the exact same handoff. So they're looking at the picture of the, of the defense, the structure of the defense, and making the decisions like they would if they were under center. They just happen to be seven yards back or eight yards back. So they do get a lot of mental reps, which, I mean, it's scientifically proven that you can – those are valuable. Right. Right, that they still produce a, a wiring that, that gets the job done.
0: I feel like Willie trying to kill me off the edge would change my wiring a little bit. would be a different <laughs> – a little different tweak oh, of imminent hear, death
1: from Willie Jefferson. I can hear the squeal now.
0: <laughs> it would be something. Calgary on uh, on Friday. Uh, your impression of the Stampeders, who their record isn't great, but yeah, you know, you're not worried about no, that. No,
1: we don't. Like We've talked about this, I mean, last week specifically with Edmonton's record. The, the, the answer is the same. We, we don't ever look at those numbers. We, we know that they're quite capable of winning football games. We know they have been well-coached, and it's a well-run organization for a very, very long time. And if, if we don't play our best, there's a chance we don't win a football game. So the goal is to go in and, and play our best, You know, play our best football
0: and get a win. Friday night football in Calgary, game at 7 o'clock, uh, eight, yeah, sorry, 8 o'clock Winnipeg time, pregame show with Doug Brown and myself and the whole gang at 6. Uh, appreciate you being with us. If you want to hear the Coaches Show, you can download the Blue Bomber podcast. You get all of our content directly to your phone or your computer. Uh, we love having you with us. Thank you so much for your calls and texts for the Coaches Show on 680-CJOB.